Good evening, rolling fanciers and roller gender listeners. I know it's been a while since I've been on here. I'm going to take care of a few things, you know, um, getting ready for, you know, my life to move forward a little bit. Um, I'm going to take this time. This might be brief, but let's talk about the rules of kid competition. A good way to look at kick competition as far as the rules are and to getting your kit ready is first you must understand the rules. If you go to the NBRC website, it gives you a, a detailed idea of, of the rules. Now what you want to do is you want to take that with those boundaries of the rules set forth. That's how you want to breed your birds to fit those rules if you are a kick competition person. So First thing they must do is kit right, so that's one. That's one of the boundaries of the rules. The birds must must roll ten feet minimum within the boundaries of the rules. They have to roll adequate, which is pretty much medium X or higher, to be scorable. They can't switch wing, can't do none of that kind of stuff. They're not scorable. Period. And the key rule. One that most of the people always forget or they don't seem to understand is together. Like somebody put up a post saying it's crazy how the birds feel like they one roll, another one roll. That's a waterfall. It's not even scorable. So if the birds are doing that, their birds are not scorable, period. And that's what dudes need to understand. That's what prompted me to do this podcast here. Together means together, within a millisecond of each other, which if multiple birds were on the eye, the, the naked human eye cannot catch it, period. It's imperative that you understand together. Because people think there's a trigger bird. Okay, if there is a trigger bird and that bird goes first and then everybody follows suit, that bird does not count on the break. That bird, however birds roll, does not count on the break. So if that one bird goes, then everybody trigger, he don't count. So you automatically subtract him from the break, period. <clears throat> so if one goes, then triggers two birds. So then the rest of them go, then whatever, that's three birds subtracted from the break. And you gotta, you must understand that. The key is finding a kid of birds that's so in sync whether it be relationship, um, just flying together, they're just good training. They gotta be so in sync with each other that they know when it's time to break. From the bird, from the first bird in the front to the last bird in the back, they gotta go at the same time. And this, you gotta understand, it's derived of impulses. And after a while, flying for a while, they get the impulse to do it over and over and over. Now, I hear a lot of people talking about feed. Feed is feed. What you feed? What you feed? Dude, let me tell you something about this. If you stop relying on feed to get your bird to have that impulse and do it because of breeding, you have more success. A lot of people rely on feed to fix all their problems or enhance. Well, feed can't enhance or make your yeah. It can't. It, it could drive you to get the most out of your pigeons, but they gotta have the basics first. So, must fly 15 minutes together, minimum. Okay, that's that's a given. 
but you, I see over and over people say, oh, that bird didn't do that. Then don't usually do that. Let me tell you something. If that bird does that one on fly day, most time, 90% of the time, it do it, it's done it before. Trust me, it has done it before. Um, boundaries of the rules. Um, kid tight on um, what's tight. Um, that tightening or too, tightness or too loose is at the judge's discretion. That means if the judge think they're tight enough, they tight enough. If they think they're too loose, they're too loose. Regardless of what anybody think. Regardless of what you think, even if it's your birth. If the judge think that's what it is, that's what it is for that day. Period. Now, the depth, 10 feet. You guys want to know what 10 feet is? Go get a 10 feet stick, cut at 10 feet exactly. And have your friend or whoever it is walk down the street with, ten, with the stick. You know the top of the stick is 10 feet to the ground, right? Take any, take an object about the size of a pigeon rolling and drop it. That'll give you an idea what 10 feet is. On a, on a roll, that'll give you an idea. It's, it's not as deep as people, it's not as far as people think it is, it's over quick. 10 feet is not that deep when you take it, take it 100 yards away. You know what I'm saying? And a bird be flying two and 300 yards up, at a, and so it's at an angle, so it's even gonna look even shorter. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's we do that, that's how you, a football goal, 10 feet. Um, basketball goal, 10 feet. So if you take that and, and take that to one end of the gym to the other end of the gym, just walk to the other end of the gym, just might drop the basketball down. See how fast it goes. That's 10 feet. That's how you get an idea what 10 feet is. That's one way to get an idea what 10 feet is. Not the only way, but that is one way. Um, some of the, um, the street signs are different sizes depending on the neighborhood, but some of them are about 10 feet. But 10 feet is not as deep as you guys think it is. It's short, it's short. It's over and done with. So what people would think of some birds are 10 feet, they're actually like 15 feet. And you see 20 feet is, two, is 10 feet twice. You find out that's not as deep as people think it is. And so on. So that just give you guys some, some stuff to think about. See, I studied, I did all that. I wanted to see how what it looked like. I needed to see what it looked like. I needed to see that, so I made sure I learned what it looked like. I went to the gym, that's when I dropped the ball. We use a soccer ball though, and drop it. Um, and give you an idea, okay, then do it again. Over and over, then you count. You see it only lock that image in your head. That's how you can tell if your bird's deep enough. Once you lock that in your head, and now you understand they're above you, so it's gonna look even shorter from the end of the while in the air. So, this is give you an idea that 10 feet is not as deep as people think it is. It's kind of short. It was over with real quick. But the average 1,001 count is about right. 1,001, the ball hitting the ground. 1,001, the ball hitting the ground. 1,001, the ball hitting the ground. They give you 10 feet. So if you're not sure the angle, when you're judging, 1,001, break over with 10 feet. Some birds gonna stop before that. Some birds gonna go on past that. That's just to give you an idea what 10 feet is. And once you get the idea of 10 feet, then you can all, all make, the, you know, make your assumptions of what 30 feet is, or 20 feet is, or 25 feet is. So that's just something to think about. Um, if you're going to do this, you might as well do it right. Um, when you're flying pigeons, and, you, and, and somebody 
was I had a conversation with somebody today, and they kept thinking it's more so about frequency. It's not really about frequency. Because four or five bird breaks is what? 20? 20, that's it. 115 bird break, one is 45 points. You get me? So sometimes it's the size of the breaks that matter. If you get them big breaks constantly and consistently, yeah, you can score a lot of points. But um, and let's, let's, let's get back to the rules, though. So we went over the depth thing. Speed things, that's at the judge's discretion because there's no way to measure it. Style and speed is together. It's not style, then speed, which I think would be a pretty good idea. Um, so you have style, then speed, then depth. But they put it together, style and speed together. Some birds that have real good style, but don't have real good speed. Then some birds that have real good speed, but their style is kind of shaky. You know what I'm saying? So the judge got to make some quick, quick. Ooh, you got to figure some stuff out quicker. The break is in and over with, and you, there's no way to see on a 13 bird break, even on a a seven eight bird break, see how each and every bird went before the break is over. I'm sorry, the eyes, the human eye is not that fast. It's not, they tell you, the style and speed of every bird and the depth of every bird on a seven, eight bird break, not gonna happen. Not accurately, at best we guesstimate. Some just got a little more experience because they do it more often, but pretty much we still guesstimate. So, and you gotta understand that when people judge your kid, you gotta understand that when you when you flying, you might feel you got a break, but the judge might feel you didn't. And you might feel you didn't get a break, but the judge might give you a break. You, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna experience both of them when you start flying. So you're gonna, it's gonna be sometimes the judge is gonna give you some breaks that you know you don't think you should have got. And I guarantee you, ain't nobody gonna say, you know what, I don't deserve those breaks. I shouldn't I, nobody gonna say that. And depending on who the judge is, he ain't gonna like when you try to check him in and correct him anyway, even if it is your kid. I'm telling you from experience. But if I, I have judges give me points that I know I know my birds can do, and I have judges be a little harsh on my birds, and I know they did better. But I gotta take the good with the bad when it comes to that. I accept accept it. Most likely, except one time I didn't accept it. But anyway, moving forward. So within the boundaries of the rules, are your birds really fitting the rules? Think about it. One bird come out. And land. If you're flying six or more, you should have not have a problem until another bird comes out. The kick, period. You don't have to land. All you do is come out, and you cannot score. So that's another thing. Think about um, the birds in your kits that you know not deep enough. Why are they there? The good answer is because that's all you have at the moment. That's the perfect answer. You got this bird that's rolling 30 feet like a bullet. Every time your kid pause, it's going by itself and then a kid break or go after break. Why is that bird in there? Oh, it's the fastest bird, best bird in my kid. Is it really? It don't go with the rest of the kid. He's rogue. He want to do what he want to do when he want to do it. So do we belong to your kid? If it's all you got, by all means, he's belonging to him. If you got someone replacing, get him out of there. He's good for them ooh-ah moments when you want to just fly bird, just see them roll. 
That's what he's good for. He's a ooh ah moment bird. As long as you understand that, you know that, there's no problem. So the boundaries of, 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 of the rules, you gotta breed and fly your birds within the boundaries of the rules. And once you get that down packed, you, you'll get better and better each year. And you only breed from birds that can breed, that can produce birds that, that perform within the boundaries of the rules. The problem right now is most people breed birds because of lineage. Not because of what they've done, not because of what they've seen them do, or nothing like that. It's about who they come from. Oh, I got, when dudes say, oh, I got these, this family of birds, that, that's not all that great all the time. Because, you know, oh, I got this family of birds. So, why don't have your own birds? You know what I'm saying? So, let me pause. Okay, I'm back. So with the boundaries of rules, go check out your birds. And you gotta remember, all quality and depth is only assessed. It's assessed on the brakes only. Not when the bird rolls at 50 feet, that don't mean nothing. Have nothing to do with the, your score or nothing. Unless it's an individual flyer or something like, or 11 bird flyer or something like that. But in a kick competition, 20 bird, if a bird can run out there like it's about to disappear fast, blazing speed, by itself, don't mean nothing. It don't help your score, nothing. So it don't matter. Even though my people say, ooh, ooh, you might get the ooh I factor, but it doesn't help your score. Um, so when you flying your birds, next time you fly your birds, look and see how do my birds fit within the boundaries of the rules. What the rules say. Go to the NBRC website and get the rules and read them. Within the boundaries of the rules. Are my birds fitting that? When a bird rolls out of the kit, and it's heading back to the kit, it is not out of the kit. It is not. But if the bird deviates, whether it turns left or right, or if it flips, if it even flips, I don't got to roll, if it even flips, it's out at that point. Even if it do that and still going back to the kit, the flip, once it flip, tail set, turn left, turn right, it's out the kit now. So now it has to regain the flight and get right back in the kit to be scoreboard again. That bird. That's how that works. So now, so now the boundary of the rules. So we got the depth down, we got the kitting down, speed and quality and speed and depth. That's quality and speed that's subjective. Each judge is gonna see it a little different. No judge is gonna see it the exact same. I've seen judges come within two or three points of each other, but not. But some, it was always because of some other reason. Not because you had the same amount of breaks, because one might have gave less quality and depth, one might have gave more and less breaks. It depends. But I've seen some come close, but it was different, but they they different scores. So it's like both had five bird breaks. One had a six, one had a seven. You know, it was just other things. One might just had three but the hybrid gave them higher quality and depth to get the same points, or close to the same points, and just whatever. So, boundaries and the rules. Let's go back to it again. So we got flying 15 minutes um, height. Let's go, by, go, let's go to height. Again, judge's discretion. If the judge for the bird is too high for him, they're too high for him, period. I just ask that the judge just do the same, judge the same, he can't be Saying the bird's too high from the 800 feet of one house, and then the bird's 900 feet of another house, and he's still scoring them. So you gotta be consistent. That's all. 
That's all you got to do is be consistent with each other. And you got to understand, you want to keep the, the, the birds to a, to a height where the judge won't say they're too high. There's really no such thing as too low as long as the birds can stay safe and roll and, and, and free from landing, that they won't land. There's really no rules saying they can't fly. They can fly. If your birds can manage to have, get some breaks, the highest flying the roof height, so be it. But we know that's not realistic, so it don't matter height. There's no rules say they're too low. Unless they're too low where they can't actually break and do roll 10 feet and be safe. That's it. So, in your face is a place where they need to be. Judge can't say nothing. He can see all the quality. He can see the thing about being in your face. He can see the bad too. That's the thing about being in your face. But he can see the quality too. He can see the birds better. He can get a better estimation of how many birds rolled, a better estimation of how deep they went, and so forth. How do we get them to do that? I have no idea. Each pair is different. Each family bird is different. Everybody fly birds different. Some use 12%, some use 16, some use 14, some use 13, some use 14% with added wheat, some use 14% with added milo. I mean, everybody use different. Somebody might just take wheat and milo, put it together and add some Australian peas, which sounds interesting, but I'm just saying. Everybody do a little different. Everybody do a little different. Do something a little different. Not nothing the same. So, if you're going to fly, Get the rules, read the rules, and see if your birds fit the rules. And I would suggest if you're gonna compete, read your birds within the guidelines of the rules and you will be all right. That's how you that's how you do it. Take them rules and use them to your advantage. That's what you gotta learn. You guys gotta learn how to do. Um, go watch a lot of judges. You know, get to know what some judges like. I mean, each judge, some judges gonna like different things. Some just judge the birds as they as they be, as they being as they're being presented to them. Some of them, and then you have some that just like certain things. Some like birds that are deep. Some like birds that are just really frequent, popcorny, and some birds like super fast birds. So whatever you got, fair what some judges like. A good judge don't have no preference. He just like to see good kits. Period. And he will tell you if your kid is good. And some judges will ask, will let you, will answer a question for you. You ask them, what do you think could have made my birds a little better? What do you think the problem was with my kid? And here's most judges, a good judge is going to tell you. He's going to say, well, I think they, they did. I think if they had done this, this might have happened. But he just gets me. He don't know your birds like you do, but he can tell you what, what they did wrong, kind of. Oh, they flew on one wing. Every time they turned left, they broke, but they hesitated to get, but they didn't get back quick, together quick enough. It was always two birds that went before the kit. Always two birds that went after the kit. And that messed up the whole, whole the chemistry of the kit. I mean, all this, judge can tell you all that kind of stuff if you know how to ask them. You can't ask them like you threaten them. You can't ask them like you're being sarcastic. You gotta be honest and humble when you ask. So, that's pretty much it so far I got for kit. So what you guys gotta do, like I said, breed your birds according to the rules. I mean, and select and bring according to the rules. That's the best way to do it. Because your birds can do well under the rules and, and you got everything else there, you'll be all right. You may not win every fly, but you'll be competitive. 
See, sometimes because only one person is going to win. So you all you want to do is try to be competitive. Give yourself a chance to win. Most people don't give themselves a chance to win. They already know their birds don't kick. They know their birds don't kick. And they, they know they're not going to kick. Or they have a doubt that they might kick. <coughs> or they know they're not deep enough. They know for a fact they ain't deep enough. But, you know, you know for a fact, you know, roll clean. Whatever it may be. You already know before you fly. You're just hoping that on this day they do a little something different. <clears throat> yeah, I've been there before. I know a kid, I said, this kid right here can go flat every now and then. And I had to do, do feed tricks and do all kind of stuff to get them just to work. I have to be, I've been there. I've been there. That's probably why I was able to be so successful when I did fly most of the time. Because I handle a lot of different kind of kits. A lot of different kind of kits. At the, at the time when I was really competitive, I was I flew I flew the excuse me, I flew the shit out of pigeons. I knew what they can take, what they couldn't take, what they needed to, to give me this point, we needed to go high. I, I knew I figured out all that. All and all family of birds is different. All of them are different. I'm gonna tell you something else. You can breed the same pairs three years in a row. And I might throw you out a kit with the same birds in it, off the same pairs, and they're all going to be different kits. They're, they're going to be basically the same, but they're all going to require something a little different. A little bit. Not much, but a little different. Because you got a family of birds, it's, it's, it's easier. Because the birds all respond pretty much the same, kit after kit after kit after kit. So you know already when, when you've been two or three years down the line. Same bird, you know which bird's gonna be the birds don't kit. You know when the bird's not kitting, you already know why. You know who is coming, you have an idea who it's coming from. Or you got birds that are bumping, and you got a, you already have an idea who it's coming from, or why it's happening, you already know. So, within the boundaries, if a bird land early, it actually got, I thought it was 10 seconds, but they say it was it's 20 seconds. If it take off on its own within 20 seconds, it's back in the kit. But if it don't, it's down, period. Once it lands, a bird lands, that's not it. It's supposed to be a count. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, supposed to be a count. I think it's 10 seconds. I don't think it's 20. But I will read and find out. So if it take back off before you get to 10 or 20, whatever 20 it is, the bird is still considered part of the kit. Say if a bird land and you count it 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. And the second bird land, you start his count, so other count. If they both take off before their time is up, them birds can't go back to the kit. That's what the rules state. Bird got to be down, I, I think it's 10 seconds, but it will, I don't know, I'm going to read it. And that's crazy, but they, they say as soon as the bird land, they, they all make it DQ you. They put the count. Take 10 seconds after, that's, when it's supposed, that's how it's supposed to be. So, boundaries of the rules. If you know the rules... You can go a long way just by knowing the rules. I heard an incident happen this last weekend with a fly where a dude flew 15 birds and the falcon came in and took a bird and they stopped scoring. Nope, falcon take a bird, it's considered active, active nature, you're supposed to keep scoring. Like, in, like that bird never left the kit. I mean, you can't call a 15 bird break because there's only 14 there, but he, he should have kept, kept scoring. So if that kid did good after the fact, he just got beat. Because the judge didn't know, what he was, didn't know the rules. Know the rules. Go read them. They change all the time, too. A lot of little different stuff change. 
Let's go read them. Go get to the bylaws, NBRC. Go to the World Cup rules. World Cup, oh, okay, what's the World Cup? Rollerfly.com or something, something like that. Just find that and it'll tell you the rules on that. Uh, disqualifications. It's probably going to disqualify rules and disqualifications. It's probably going to somewhere up in there. But with that being said, this is Keith London with the Roller Agenda. Remember, select, breed, fly, select again. Or for some, select, fly, select, breed, fly, select again. Sometimes people want to select birds to fly from people. They got to fly them. They got to select which ones they're going to breed. Right? Then we got to breed those. Then select from those. They're going to fly them to select again. They're going to keep on repeating the process over and over and over and over. Until you get what you want. If your kid is not, is not flying for 20 minutes, give me 20 breaks, it's all full terms, you don't have a perfect kid. It's always going for improvement. A perfect kid is going to give you a full term every break. That's a perfect kid. Over how many birds you fly, every bird go on every break. That's a perfect kid. You fly 16 birds, every break 16 birds roll. Perfect. Fly another break, 16 birds go. Perfect. That's a perfect kid. Never seen one. I don't think I will. That don't mean we can't thrive to achieve that. So like again, keep learning out. Select, breathe, fly, select again.